This week on the Defense Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group, the next step is coming in the Pentagon's zero trust journey and the people problem the department's aiming to solve for good. It's Wednesday, August 31st, 2022. Welcome to the Defense Scoop podcast. Every week you'll learn what's going on in defense technology. I'm the host of the Defense Scoop podcast, Francis Rose. A special edition of the Defense Scoop podcast today, the chief information officer of the department, John Sherman, says his office is getting closer to releasing a zero trust strategy for the agency. He made that announcement in this speech at Fed Talks last Wednesday. It's an honor to work at the Department of Defense serving the women and men in uniform who are out on the line every day. And as we turn on the news on any given hour or day, we see things going on around the world that are frankly disturbing. We see what Russian aggression is occurring in Ukraine as our Ukrainian allies stand up valiantly to that aggression. We see the, uh, yeah, let's give them a round of applause on Ukrainian Independence Day. We see the PRC firing missiles right off the coast of Taiwan. And we see aggression in other parts of the world. And indeed on the PRC, we use the term pacing challenge in the Department of Defense to define them. But I want you to think of it, that word challenge is to all of us, to at the Department of Defense, the IC, industry, the interagency, we are all being challenged right now. Now some of you have heard me talk before, know I like historical references. But there's another thing I like too, movies about athletics and things that have really happened. One of my favorite movies in the world is a 2004 movie, Miracle, about the U.S. hockey team starring Kurt Russell as coach Herb Brooks as he was uh, leading our hockey team to victory over the Soviets in 1980. He gives an outstanding speech in the locker room before they take the ice against the Russians. And there's one line in there I want to focus on. And in his Minnesota accent, he said, great moments are born from great opportunity. There's a lot packed into that. And I think that defines, as we look at the challenge we face against the PRC, against Russia, Iran, North Korea, and other challengers who are challenging all of us, that we have a great opportunity before us. So I want to talk to you about what we're doing within the Department of Defense, some of the priorities that I'm leading with a great team at DOD. My top priority, and I've said this since I've been in the job, is cybersecurity. We must defend our network, systems, people, and data. We are blessed with an incredible CISO team led by Mr. Dave McEwen, one of the best in the business. We have a new deputy CISO on board, Mr. Gurpreet Bhatia, who joined us from NSA two weeks ago, replacing Mark Hawken, who retired after 34 years of service. We have Ms. Suda Vias as our architect, and we have Mr. Randy Resnick leading our Zero Trust Portfolio Management Office, a 34-year NSA veteran. We've talked a lot about zero trust, I've noticed on the stage here, and there are great experts who have walked you through it. I can tell you at DOD, we're taking this very seriously, and we are committed to implementing zero trust at scale for our four million person plus enterprise that we lead. We stood up this portfolio management office under Mr. Resnick, that he is ably leading and drawing on the lessons learned from across the DOD, not reinventing the wheel, not trying to do something that's already been tried successfully in one of the services, but building on all that. And what you're going to be seeing here soon is a new zero trust strategy that we should be publishing out to you all perhaps as soon as next month. Now, Randy's been out talking, maybe in forums you've heard about, with the seven pillars of zero trust. 
You're also going to be hearing about how we've defined it between the main controls and getting to an even higher level for the most sensitive systems. But what we're aiming for is by 2027 to have zero trust deployed across the majority of our enterprise and systems in the Department of Defense. Five years. That's an ambitious goal for those of you that are familiar with zero trust. But the adversary capability we're facing leaves us no choice but to move at that level of pace. A second major cybersecurity goal, just as important, is to get after the technical debt that we've accrued as a department over the last 20 years as we fought insurgents, terrorists, and other adversaries in places like Iraq, South, A South Asia, Africa, and elsewhere. Now, as we get ready to face, face state adversaries, potentially, we've got to think about new ways of protecting our weapon systems, our networks, our data, and ensure they are cyber safe and secure in a way that, frankly, we maybe didn't have to do staring down the Taliban or ISIS or other adversaries. And that's a key team effort as we work all across the interagency, within the department, with the NSA, with acquisition and sustainment, with Joint Staff J6, with Principal Cyber Advisor, and very importantly with the services who have the weapon systems and the program offices as we go weapon system by weapon system. And third, the defense industrial base. And I know some of you represent the DIB in here today. Securing the 300,000 or so companies that comprise the DIB is really a team effort as well at the Department of Defense. I just had the chance yesterday to lead a roundtable where we brought the 11 different organizations within DOD that touched the DIB in some way. I want to also look at it through your eyes, from the DIB's eyes, where different organizations are bringing different capabilities to the fight, whether it's NSA's Cybersecurity Collaboration Center, DC3, our policy office, I can go down the whole list here, and making sure we're not overlapping one another, but also doing this right to the breadth of the DIB. I'm particularly focused on the small and medium businesses. Growing up in South Texas with a family who had a very small oil field production company near Victoria, Texas, it was sometimes mystifying things that would come out of DC on environmental regulations or perhaps oil field regulations. So I know I speak from experience here. I spent summers out in the oil field in South Texas, different industry, different circumstances, but that small and medium business, where it be it in the Midwest, Northeast, West Coast, wherever, is the core of what makes our economy and our DIB run. And as we roll out things like CMMC 2.0, the Cyber Maturity Model Certification, which I know is in the news a lot, trust me, I want to get this right. I want to do it thoughtfully as it goes into rulemaking. Cybersecurity can't be an option. I know NIST 800-171 implementation is not cheap nor easy, but the PRC and others are, doing, are continuing to try to steal our data to put our service members at risk. And this should not happen on any of our watches. So I'm going to need your help with that. Another major area that we're pushing very hard on, of course, is with cloud computing and software. Cloud, of course, our big effort there is a joint warfighting cloud capability, JWCC. It's a big effort. And yes, we pushed the award to December, but I am committed to getting this done. It is so critical for joint all-domain command and control, as Deputy Secretary Hicks and Secretary Austin have both said many times. It's critical for that. It's critical for us to work across all three security fabrics at the enterprise level, from CONUS, Continental United States, all the way out to the tactical edge. And we're going to get this right. So working with DISA and our other stakeholders, this has our very top priority. Now on software, we published a software modernization strategy earlier this year. And the implementation plan should be coming out shortly. 
As I look across the department software ecosystem, we have some amazing individuals doing DevSecOps and really at the edge of this. My job as CIO is not to reinvent what they're doing, it's to clear obstacles and get it out of the way. Make sure we have JWCC. Make sure we have the containerization standards. We're using our acquisition capabilities, our talent management platforms. We're looking at our software factories. I don't know what the exact right number should be, but working with the services across the board to, to make sure that ecosystem can be the most forward-leaning it can be and making sure it gives us a mission advantage. Now, another area I talk frequently about that I did not have under me in the intelligence community when Lene and I were working together, but I do at DOD, is command control and communications. Now, we work transport in the IC and so on, but a privilege I have at DOD and a very sacred task is making sure our women and men in uniform have the very best C3 capabilities on areas like positioning, navigation, and timing, or PNT. We have our gold standard of GPS, and we're moving out aggressively to ensure we're deploying M-code or military code capabilities to the force. We're working hard on alternate complementary PNT sources. We're working on electromagnetic spectrum operations, or IMSO, which is an area we had a little bit in the Cold War, but now as technologies change and we're dealing, or potentially we'll be dealing with a contested set of environments that we've not probably seen in our history of warfare, we've got to make sure we're ready for this. And under our Deputy CIO for uh, C3, Mr. Fred Moorfield, we stood up under Ms. Renita Harris, who works for him, a new office overseeing the governance of a governance and standards and so on for IMSO, working closely with joint staff, STRATCOM and others, and this is critical. Another area is SATCOM, working with our colleagues in Space Force, ensuring we have the very best SATCOM capabilities, and wow, what an exciting area. So much is happening with commercial SATCOM, with mesh networks. As we look at this, we're seeing it in Ukraine and elsewhere, and you talk about resiliency and making a hard targeting solution for our adversaries, this is an area we need to get right, and I am blessed to have a good set of colleagues in Space Force to get after that. And finally, as we look at areas like spectrum management, not just in IMSO for combat operations, but for example, as we move out on 5G and Next-G, we have the pilots underway within the Department of Defense, and we're also working with our colleagues at Commerce and NTIA on areas like spectrum sharing. The department has vacated an incredible amount of spectrum, but we have parts of the spectrum where we must continue to operate to protect the homeland and to give our women and men in uniform a chance to train. So spectrum sharing for the remaining parts of the spectrum we're operating in is absolutely our key priority. As we move out on this, our allies and partners, our teammates are critical. I just had a chance to host the Australian Ministry of Foreign Affairs uh, CIO today talking about how we work together. I talk to my Five Eyes CIO counterparts almost on a weekly basis. We work closely with NATO and the C3 board over there. And we work with other critical allies in places like Japan, Korea, Singapore, and elsewhere. This is one of our strengths as a democracy, working with our democratic allies on technology, cybersecurity, and C3 that our authoritarian challengers do not have the same benefit of. And we're honored to be able to have them in the fight with us. And finally, and most importantly, is our people. One of the things I've talked about since I've been in this job is thinking differently about how we recruit, retain, upskill our people. And to that end, we have a new cyber talent strategy that I'll be signing out here, hopefully within the next couple months. We're in final stages of coordination on this. Team has been working hard on this with personnel and readiness. 
and policy and others to get this out. And it thinks differently about the environment we're in. We're all going after the same talent here. We're all trying to expand the diversity aperture. This has got to be a whole of nation approach. This is the space race for this generation, if you want to be honest, not to take away from those in the space sector here. We've got to get this right. We need to draw on every bit of talent, and I'm excited about what we can do, and I'm going to need your help with that. And finally, on the people, user experience is so important. Yes, I've read the Fix Our Computers. I've had a good exchange with Michael Kamen and others on that. Uh, we've got to get this right. And maybe what Michael and others may not realize, I've been the guy on the other end of this, too. If anyone knew me at the Washington Navy Yard about 25 years ago, I was the one running down the hall talking to the staff about why my electronic light table wasn't working or I couldn't get my database remarks in. So I've been there. But what I will tell you is working with the other CIOs in the department, we are committed to getting after this, and indeed we are. I know Secretary of the Air Force Kendall just made some remarks on this about investments his department is making, and I can promise you the other CIOs are too, because this is a multitude of efforts. We have to get after hardware, transport, the software that's running on the system, all to enhance the user experience. So as I get ready to close, I'm going to bring you back to one more sports movie I like a lot that was also in 2004, which was a good year for this. It's one of my favorites, Friday Night Lights. Growing up in South Texas about that time and playing on the football fields of the same areas, this resonates with me. So the scene, Billy Bob Thornton playing coach Gary Gaines at halftime of the state championship as the Permian Basin Panthers are playing a very tough adversary, and he gets them together, and I love this quote. If you just bear with me, he says, now, you all have known me for a while, and for a long time you've heard me talking about being perfect. Well, I want you to understand something. To me, being perfect is not about that score, scoreboard out there. It's about you, your relationship to your family and friends. Being perfect is about being able to look your friends in the eye and know that you didn't let them down because you told them the truth. And that truth is that you did everything you could there wasn't one more thing you could have done. Can you live in that moment as best you can with clear eyes and love in your heart, with joy in your heart? If you can do that, then you're perfect. Can you all be perfect with me? Can we get after the, our, our pacing challenge? Thank you very much. John Sherman, the Defense Department's Chief Information Officer at Fed Talks last Wednesday. You can find a link to watch all the presentations from Fed Talks in today's show notes at defensescooppodcast.com. The Defense Scoop Podcast is available on all the podcast platforms. If you don't want to miss a show, you can subscribe and get the show every week on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your shows, and on any device you get your shows. And if you really like the Defense Scoop Podcast, leave us a five-star rating and a review. It'll help more people find the show. The Defense Scoop Podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. James Mahoney and Carlin Fisher help me put the show together every week, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. The Defense Scoop Podcast returns next Wednesday. I'm Francis Rose. I'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening.